Treading that episode 96. I think my one piece of advice would be to, uh, to, to block out all the noise that the Forex industry is portrayed as on social media. It would be to understand what does Forex success look like to you, not to the next person, not to somebody looking onto social media, but look at you know yourself and ask yourself, what do you want the skill set for? What is your why? And then what is it going to take to attain that success? The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsored partner for today's episode, City Traders Imperium. Now, CTI has one of the world's best funded accounts and learning platforms all in one. Get a CTI Forex funded account today and advance a step closer to achieving your personal freedom. To find out more, head over to citytradersimperium.com. That's citytradersimperium.com. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Drew Bishop on the show, all the way over there from the US. He goes on by the handle ForexBish over there on Instagram. He's uh, had a sort of meteoric rise in this past year as his trading's gone from uh, part-time to full-time. Okay, you're going to get to hear that story, and even though this guy's you know only new in the journey, he's got some massive amounts of wisdom in here that um, I'm sure you're going to have to rewind this a few times and listen to because he's a fast talker as well. All right, so guys, that's coming up in just a sec. Great little uh, interview followed by a video that we shot afterwards where he walks through a price chart. So you're going to learn a a thing or two there. Head over to tradingnut.com to catch that or the YouTube channel and find tradingnut.com, tradingnut over there on YouTube. Now, talking about YouTube, talking about uh, the guy recommended it, this week I've I will be busy. It's the start of the week now, but I will be busy. Uh, Tie the FX guys coming up on the uh, the Trading View Replay Challenge is probably over there on the new page on the site called Live Streams. Go and check it out. You're going to find uh, not just Tie the FX guys Trading View Replay Challenge, but all the other stuff that we're doing over there on Trading Nut with the live streams. And you want to go and check these out guys because there's tons of education in there Um, even this week we've got planned and this is probably up there already if you jump off this and jump straight on there you're going to see it we've got the two 15 year old traders from sweden um, jacob and philip bloom competing against each other in a five trade back test challenge and on top of that we've got scalper versus scalper which we launched last week with uh, connor and matthew so you can go and see that the live market trades uh, but we're following it up with a couple of, well, a few more traders that are going to take part in this. It's very similar to my trader versus trader. We've got a prize, £400 up to, up for grabs, um, which is part of my, or offered up by my sponsor, City Traders Imperium, who are offering up a $12,500 evaluation account to a $50,000 Forex funded account. Okay, so that's for the winner of this. Unfortunately, all the spots are taken for the scalper versus scalper, but I am looking for guys that want to do trader versus trader. So take, have a crack at the uh, trading view replay challenge in the future. Just DM me on Instagram for that. Uh, and last but not least, I'm thinking or I'm trying desperately to finish up a robot to use or an algo to use for scalper versus scalper. So this will trade alongside the guys as they're taking trades in the live market. So it'll be like a triple header thing here. Okay, you're going to get to see these guys compete against each other. 
and compete compete against uh, a robot that I create. And look, I do create robots. Uh, this called the Robot Builders Club. If you want to learn how I do it, if you want to create some of some robots for yourself, if you do want to learn how to automate or semi-automate what you do in the markets, then trust me, this is the fastest and easiest way you're going to do it without um, trying to learn to code yourself or hiring a developer or something like that. And there is a new payment plan option up there. So if you're looking for a payment plan, and I told you in the past that we didn't have one, there is now one there. Okay, so if you do want to join and you want to spread the payments out, you can do that as well. All right, guys, that's enough from me. Um, all the stuff is over there on Trading Nut. Let's get on with this interview, which is an amazing interview with Forex Bish, Drew Bishop. Here we go. Let's do it. We've got Drew Bishop over there in Tennessee. How's it going there, Drew? Man, all good my way. I'm happy to be here, so thank you for having me. Well, look, cool. It's um, it's fantastic to get you on this on the show because I know that Ty the FX guy recommended I get you on. He's been uh, he's been following your journey this year in particular. And I, I see you've had some, you know, massive growth in some of your channels as well. So people are obviously noticing you and, and what you're doing. So to start off the show, I want you to, you know, let us know how you got into this thing. How did you get into trading and how did you get to the point where you are now? Sure, sure. Well, you know, my journey is is probably similar to most, at least when they start. You know what I mean? It started with a lot of struggling. And um, long story short, I played uh, I played football in college. And I was a walk-on originally. What that means is basically as a walk-on, you pay for your own school. You're not on scholarship. And so you don't get checks, you know, stuff like that. And I ended up working my way into a full scholarship as a, uh, after my freshman season. So I started getting paid to basically play, you know, football in college and ended up having a bunch of money, you know, from the school that I was getting. And um, I wanted to start investing somehow. And luckily my dad, he works on the institutional side and all his brothers as well. So I kind of grew up you know, around the markets in general. And then uh, once I started having a little bit of money, you know, I wanted to start investing. So from there, I got into really more stocks to kind of start off with. And then um, I kind of kind of eased into Forex. But like anybody, you know, I, I went through a lot of struggling at, at first and then uh, kind of found my way, started developing a system, put in the time, put in the work to develop the consistency. And then here I am now, this is my first year. I took the leap into full-time trading uh, at 2020. My goal was when I was 22 to do it by 30, and so I just turned 27 on Sunday. So I ended up a few years before my goal just because I worked hard enough and uh, saved up enough capital. So I'm excited. I've been doing this journey now for on, on Instagram as well for the last couple months. I started it, like I said, in January and been documenting the uh, the journey, and it's been awesome. Built an awesome community and started to meet a lot of a lot of cool people. So it's been a great experience. Cool, and and I want to dive back into that sort of you know the fact your your family worked in on the institutional side. I mean, did that sure. did that give you any insight into anything that other people out there might not know? It, it honestly did, and I think the number one thing that it truly helped me with was expectations. Because when I first you know found out mainly about forex, it was the same way I'm sure a lot of people did, right? You see the cars on social media, you see the girls, you see the lifestyle stuff like that, and the, the crazy returns, you know. So I started talking to my dad. I said, "Man, there's this new thing going on. You know, this is." This, this market is crazy. People are making crazy money. They're flipping accounts, all this type of stuff. And immediately, you know, he kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, you know, are you talking about more, you know, trading and investing? Or are you talking about gambling? And to me, you know, it was kind of all in the same thing, right? And so what I was, I had the, the mentality of, you know, let's take a $1,000 account. Let me flip it to 10. Let me, t- let me flip that 10 to 50, flip that 50 to a quarter million, you know, stuff like that. Which at the end of the day, you know, in my opinion, at least, nothing but straight gambling, you know? And so once I finally talked to him. He kind of put me back, you know, on cloud or on earth, I guess you could say. And I started having the, the correct expectations about not only what, you know, success in investing was, but trading success, at least in Forex in general, it allowed me to kind of be happy with, you know, the returns I was making and not necessarily be wanting to, to kind of mimic somebody that I'd see on social media, which 
you know, unfortunately, a lot of times I'm sure is not always the truth anyways. And so the number one thing I, I think that I had the advantage of, especially coming up with a family that was on the institutional side, was just always having the correct expectations about what a return should be, you know, what you should be happy with and then kind of what you should shoot for. And and did they, they sort of give you any advice in terms of like uh, things to avoid other than that gambling stuff like from a from a sort of technical point of view or were they more like behind the scenes you know, operations of the institutional side? Yeah, so it's more it's I, I would say it's more behind the scenes, but I think the number one thing was just the the, the psychology that went into it. You right. know, to be honest with you, he he pretty much led me you know to do my own technical work. He's more of a fundamental side. You know, a lot of those institutional guys are anyway, and so he's not as as heavy into the technical side like I obviously am. And so, of course, I would I would ask him a bunch of different questions in regards to the fundamentals that, that allowed me to kind of get a better grasp for what moved the market, what type of things look out for, you know, stuff like that. But I think the number one thing I would say was just having the correct expectations and then understanding that, you know, 100% return a month is, is is not really sustainable and it's not the realities of what success looks like as a trader. Cool. And, and so you said you started off in stocks, moved to Forex. I mean, mm-hmm. how did that stock journey look? Because I'm always intrigued just to find out like why people decided, especially in the states where the stock market's humongous and you got access to everything, why they decide to sort of move to forex versus stocks. Yeah, so it's it's actually kind of funny. So my granddad, he uh he was he was one of these guys that worked hard for his money all the time. You know, worked forever, just never really did, took vacation stuff like that. He was invested in this stock called Geron, and basically it's a it's like a, a it's a a company that's looking for basically the cure for cancer. And he's held this stock for. I can't even tell you how many years. And so it's always been a family joke that, hey, one day Gerald's going to you know, make grandpa rich and all this type of stuff. And so what I do is as soon as I had the money to buy some shares, I immediately went in straight to Gerald. And so I wanted to start investing in that kind of like kind of like being like my granddad, just kind of get involved in the family you know, investing cycle. And then from there, I started branching off into some different stuff like Coke, you know, Ford, some of these bigger name companies that I was kind of a little bit more interested in. But it wasn't really from a, a trading standpoint. It was more, hey, this company's interesting to me. I don't really care the price. I'm just going to buy because I like it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I had a plan or any type of really knowledge going into it. It was more, hey, I'm just going to buy because I want to kind of own some stocks, if that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so your journey into the Forex world, I mean, how did that start and how did you manage that? Yeah, sure. So I guess the, the real way it started was probably through YouTube, to be honest with you. You know, I wanted to to learn more about investing in general, sort of learning some stuff about what to do. Um, to create financial freedom. And of course, it leads down the rabbit hole of the Forex YouTube videos, right? And so I started watching a bunch of stuff, ended up doing my own research through um, through YouTube and then kind of trial and error. And then after doing it for about two years of going back and forth where, you know, one month would be good, another month would be bad, one month would be good, one month would be bad. I finally said, hey, I need, I need to do my research and find somebody that I can trust to truly mentor me through the right way because I kind of had I guess you could say all the pieces to build the building, but I needed help building it. So I need to, I need to kind of help kind of tuning tuning up some stuff and uh, kind of tying some loose ends, if that makes sense. Okay. So, and where did you, where did you look there? So I started off on YouTube and then uh, I, I kept watching, like I said, a bunch of videos, a bunch of videos. And I ended up purchasing, purchasing uh, a course. Uh, not really. It, it really wasn't even about the course for me because in my opinion, at least, I think all the technical knowledge is out there for free. I think whether it's a price action based trader, market structure, stuff like that, I think all the information is out there for free. I just think there's a lot of questions that people have that they need to answer. So for me, I found a guy, and actually it's, it's cool to me because you've had him on your series before, named Akil Stokes. And um, I ended up tying in with him, and uh, I like to call him at least my mentor. And so I kind of got some questions answered through him, some little things that I need to kind of have finished up. And uh, that's what really took my trading to the next level, was kind of having that confidence and, and getting these last second questions answered. And so, so 
you know, once you had your education there, you're like now in front of the charts, looking to to obviously trade. Well, trade something, trade either demo or live. And it sounded like you went full time this year. Uh, mm-hmm. What did what what did that journey look like? I mean, were you like straight out of the gate, bang, I'm hit a, hitting home runs here, or how did just where were the major struggles for you? Sure. So I'd say the major stru- the major struggles were probably within the first two years because, in my opinion, it's so easy to put on a winning trade. And because of the fact that it's so easy to you know to find yourself in a winning trade, you have the wrong mentality about what um, what a technical system does, you know. And so for me, I really had to go back to my psychology and understand what a technical system means and how it works, and kind of understanding how to trade based off probabilities rather than kind of trading off of you know emotions. And once I got more involved in trading off probabilities, I started having the mentality where hey, my edge is not based off of you know one single trade. My edge is based off of a series of trades, and that's how I'm able to kind of expose myself to the market and have an advantage over the market, almost like as if I'm owning the casino. I know a lot of people like that terminology. So for me, I think the, the, the success I had early was at first was kind of hindering because I didn't think I needed the help. I didn't think I needed the consistency. I thought it was something where I could just come in every day, you know, make a analysis and then try to make money on it, you know, by clicking a button. And so once I kind of found that success, I slowly started to blow accounts after that because I started to get over leveraged, started to take bigger positions, stuff like that. And then after kind of blowing a couple thousand dollar accounts, I started telling myself, hey, that, you know, this is obviously a way to make money, but I've got to figure out kind of a way to to kind of rein it in, you know what I mean, and put rules around it, and then just kind of build a trading plan and something that I felt like I could follow consistently, you know, for a lifetime, because that's that was my end-up goal was to build a career out of it, and I knew that the number one thing that I needed to do from a trading standpoint was to develop consistency, and then in my opinion, the number one thing to take it full-time was to start getting the capital, so I saved up for about five years. I was in a medical sales job out of college, and um, I lived below my means for a while and just saved up till I could take the jump. Nice, nice. Okay, right. So, so you, 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 I do, I do want to touch on this before we move into the other questions. So, so the sure. start of your full time stuff this year, like, how did that transition from like not full time to full time work for you? So, I think um, honestly, from an emotional standpoint, I was ready. I, I was so fired up and so ready that um, my my trading had got consistent enough for the last two years. Uh, prior to the first two years of trading that my, my trading was, was to the point where I was, I was confident. You know, I just know, I knew at that point, all I needed was the capital to, to kind of fuel that, that fire. And uh, once I had the capital saved up, it was, it was smooth sailing. Now, of course I, I've dealt with different emotional pulls um, doing it for a living now, but also, you know, it's, it comes down to the point that I've got so much more time in my hands, not being um, involved in the corporate world to where I can always, you know, improve my trading. So I wasn't trading harmonic patterns near as good previous to this year because I didn't have the time, in my opinion, to train my eyes. But now that I've had so much more time, I'm able to develop that into my system. And so now I've got something to where I can trade, you know, consolidating markets. So I can kind of handle all market conditions. And of course, 2020 has been wild, you know, just with coronavirus and all this other kind of stuff. But I just felt like all the preparation up till 2020 was what really allowed me to kind of take this, take the jump and then be smooth with my transition. It's also been crazy because I got married this year as well. So it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of newness in my life. And uh, luckily having a spouse that supports the journey and believes in me because she's kind of seen me put the work in over the last five years has made it a lot easier as well. Nice. And so you mentioned harmonics there. I mean, if you had to describe your trading style, what is your style? So I'm a price action based trader. And uh, my, my whole philosophy around the markets is based around market structure, where I see buying pressure, selling pressure. And then um, basically my, my psychology is based around creating a trading edge. And in my opinion, a trading edge is just basically when you think, you know, something's going to happen more than it's not over a series of trades. And so I don't look at one single trade and put too much weight into it. I like to take 
look at my trading based off every month. So I try not to look at PL. Of course, you know, sometimes I slip up and still do, but I try not to look at PL until after each month. And I try not to do any position size adjustments until after each quarter. Cool. Okay. And so, so what, um, I suppose if, if, if you gave some statistics around your trading, what does that look like? Average wins, uh, risk to reward ratio. So everything that I do, I would say uh, counter trend wise around structure, meaning I go against the trend. I want a minimum of a one-to-one because to me, I've got around a 60 to 65% win percentage on those. Trend continuation, I want at least a one-to-two because I, I sit around about 40%. So I lose more than, than I win, but I still am able to come out profitable because of risk reward on that. And then um, advanced patterns, I want a minimum of a one-to-one on everything from a harmonic standpoint. And then uh, the cipher is the only thing I'll take less than one-to-one because the win percentage is so high. And how many trades a week are you taking? So roughly three to five, I would say, is my average. And that's that's a mix of both swing trading and day trading. Okay. And how long are those trades running for? Uh, so swing trades will last anywhere from a few a uh, few hours to a few days. And, and uh, day trading, for the most part, I mean, sometimes, obviously, it would be in minutes. But for the most part, it's usually a few hours. Okay. And uh, what instruments are you looking over? So I've got currently about a 10-pair portfolio, you know, with a mix of, of some majors. I don't have any indices or anything like that or, or commodities that I'm currently trading. Um, but, I, you know, of course, I like the dollar. I like the pound. I like the euro. The pound's been a little bit wild these days just because of Brexit. But I like to have a mix of everything. But I, I, I'm looking at currently 10 pairs right now. And, and how does your day set up? From a trading standpoint? Yeah. So I wake up. Um, around five o'clock or so, somewhere in that hour, I get up. First thing I'll do is I shower every morning. It's just a, it's a bad habit I have. I started it when I was young as a kid in, uh, in school. And then I took it on into college and then now, so it's kind of my wake up routine. I get in the shower first thing I come out. And uh, most recently I've got this new thing called an Evo planner. And basically it's a daily planner, a daily log where I plan out my day. And then immediately I get on the charts. I go straight to the charts, check any active positions I have first. And then from there I do about a 10 minute top down analysis. After that, I kind of know what pairs look. I go take a break. I usually, you know, say goodbye to my wife as she heads off to work. We have breakfast together, drink some coffee, whatever it may be. And then I get back to the charts for about two and a half hours, three hours of chart work. And then take a midday break and then kind of come back if I have to towards the afternoon. But I also, I coach uh, high school football here in town. So usually in the afternoons, I'm, I'm outside doing something as well. Cool. And look, uh, just for your interest, I, I uh, and the guys that have listened to the show for a long time know this. I also have a shower when I wake up first thing. I never, yeah. yeah, never used to. Uh, I always used to have a shower before I went to bed. I don't know, the, just something I grew up with and kept it on. But now I always do. But here's the kicker: it's a stone cold shower. I don't ever walk. Oh out. man, so you're, you're you're a better man than me. <laughs> it actually. I, I don't know if I can handle that. It's a. I've got to the point now where it's. Not, I don't even really flinch. It's. Uh, you just sort of get used to it. Even on the coldest days outside, where the water's even colder. It still it still doesn't really affect me that much, but geez, you feel so good for it. How long does it last? Uh like maybe three minutes, three to four minutes, something like that. Yeah, so that's I'm probably stuck in for close to ten. I'm soaking up that hot water. Yeah, 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 exactly. Look, I mean, sometimes I just can't do it. And I'm like, uh, I'm just gonna have a hot one. Um, anyway, have you so, noticed the big difference? Oh, uh, look, I mean, it's uh, so I'm pretty cold in the mornings for most of the morning. And yeah. that in itself sort of burns a lot of calories. And sure. so, I mean, what I know, like, it just wakes you up, right, straight away. So you don't need sort of coffee for for a bit, you know, for an hour or two or whatever. Um, and you, you actually feel really good and you, you can sort of 
you forget about everything. It's almost like meditation. It's almost yeah, like meditation, but it's very sort of quick because you can't sort of think about anything else other than the cold water hitting your body. So, sure, um, yeah, recommended, sense. recommended. And like, if you're stressed during the day or anything like that, just go and have a cold shower. Trust me, it will de-stress you. Another thing is, if you live by the sea, you can obviously go and have a swim in the sea if it's if it's cold. Sure. Enough. Um, right. Um, what about like? What do you think made you different from everyone else listening out there who's, you know, trying to make this thing happen for them? You know, so I actually, I hate that question because one of the things I like to tell everybody is that if I can do it, you can do it. Because in my opinion, I, I'm no smarter than the next guy. I wasn't always the smartest kid growing up. Uh, I would say the number one thing that I have is just uh, I have a chip on my shoulder. And, and part of it comes from, you know, athletics because playing college sports is is obviously a different beast, and uh, it's just a constant feeling of competition, whether it's every day in practice, especially going to Division I, uh, every day in practice is, is, is a nonstop competition because everybody wants to play. And uh, coming into college, you know, everybody from high school, you know, you're usually the manager of high school, and you come to college, and everybody's the same. Mm. And so it's just that constant feeling of competition. And then, uh, unfortunately, I suffered two big uh, shoulder surgeries during my career. So it didn't go the, the way I had planned. But when I got out of college, I kind of lost, you know, my, my sense of what to do because I couldn't compete every day like I was doing uh, when I was playing sports. And so the market for me was kind of my way of competition. And, and the best part about it is, in my opinion, it's just competition with nobody but yourself. And uh, from a, you know, from a competitive standpoint, I think I think that's the best competition you can find because there's nobody that's going to push you better than, than yourself. So to me, it's just kind of living that that constant life with a chip on your shoulder and the understanding that, your success in trading is all based on you. You know, there's nobody else. There's, there's no, uh, there's no secret way to do it. There's no secret guru that can tell you anything different than anybody else is going to tell you. It's all dependent on how much work you can put in, how disciplined can you be? And then really how bad do you want it? And so that's what I think separates me is that, you know, I, I, I do my whole life with that chip on my shoulder and I always bet on myself regardless of the situation. Yeah. I like that. It's a great answer. It's a really good answer. The fact that anyone can do this, it's just how you go about doing it now. Absolutely. What about uh, somebody who is working a day job? So they're a retail trader. They've got a day job. What do you recommend? This, what steps would you recommend they take to to get in the position of being able to trade full time from home? Sure. So I think um, you know there's and there's a lot of different myths that go around or that go about this. A lot of different opinions, I guess you could say. But I think there's two things. And the first thing I would tell you is number one, it's it, it takes capital, in my opinion. You know, I don't I don't believe in the in the flipping accounts. Of course, it can happen. I've done it myself. I've got plenty of friends that do it now. But I don't believe in uh, in the consistent flipping of accounts. I don't think that's a consistent way to make a living. And especially if you're somebody that that has a family, has kids to feed, whatever it may be, I don't think that having the mentality of flipping accounts is something that works. So I think, number one, you need to start living below your means. And uh, the first three areas that I looked at in myself was I looked at my closet and my clothes, looked at the car I was driving, and I looked at the shoes on my feet. And by kind of looking at those three things, I started – figuring out kind of what some flaws I had, you know, some areas that I could save more money and stuff like that. And then I think, like I said, I think capital is the number one thing you need to save up because if you can manage, you know, a thousand bucks, I think you can manage a hundred thousand in a million. I don't think it's any different. I think obviously the emotional pulls might be different when you push the buttons, but the trades are the same. And if you think in percentage based returns, it's all the same. And so I think the number one thing would be to save the capital, get your mentality of percentage based returns. And the second thing I would do is I would, I would tell you that you have enough time because there's so many people that, throughout my journey would say, man, I wish I had as much time as you. I wish I had the time to do it. And there's so many people that they'll waste an hour on the phone, swipe through Instagram, they'll watch Netflix, they'll sleep in an extra hour, whatever it may be. And so I think somebody always has time to do it. And so the thing I would tell you, if you trade now as a retail trader, you work a full-time job and your goal is to take it full-time. I think the number one thing you can do is of course develop that consistency. But I think also, I think it's important to stick to the high time frames. 
because I don't think consistently that you can look at, you know, the lower time frames, whether it's your, I know for me specifically, I would try to sneak off during my lunch breaks. I would try to find a day trading opportunity in lower time frames, and it would just be inconsistent, emotional-based trading. And long-term, that's something that I know hurt me. So I think it's just consistent. I think sticking to the higher time frames and focus on more swing trading would be something that you can develop consistent stuff in, gain some confidence, and then see how that translates to lower time frames when you have more time. Cool. Nice. Nice answer. Now, what about uh, technicals and thinking about a price chart? If somebody was on a price chart, uh, they've got a bit of skill, what would you recommend they start focusing on? So in my opinion, I think trading is the easiest way to make the hardest money. And I think it's the way I think it's the easiest way to make the hardest money because I think reading a price chart is very simple. I think it's a skill that anybody can learn at any age, regardless of the uh, the educational standpoint. I think it just takes time and effort and discipline to learn it. But I think if you can learn how to read price action, learn to read the candlesticks, understand market structure, to me that's all you need to build a successful trading plan. That's it. Okay. Cool. And what about a trader's mindset? So you've sort of touched on a few mindset things here. I mean, have you got any special techniques or tips you can share with us? So I think the number one thing uh, in my, my trading psychology is, is strictly based off of all Mark Douglas's work. You know, I, uh, I struggled for a while based on really suffering with if I took a loss. And I would beat myself up over it. I would feel like I was a bad trader. I would start to lose confidence, stuff like that. When at the end of the day, you know, you've got to understand how the market moves. And if you take a loss, it has nothing to do with you as a trader, right? It just means that that specific setup, your edge was not exposed because an edge is exposed over a series of trades. So, and for every, and one thing that really helped me was a video he put out and it talked about, you know, kind of how the market moves and stuff like that. And he said, you know, it's important to understand if you trade a technical system for every winner you have, you have to realize that it takes somebody else, somebody else to come into the market to move the market in your favor and make you a winner. For every loser you have, it takes, you know, obviously that person did not come into the market to make you uh, a winner in that situation. So when I finally got to the point of, hey, this is my setup. I see the patterns that align with my trading style. They, you know, expose my edge. All I do now is click a button. I don't, I don't think about it as a winner. I don't think about it as a loser. I click the button and then I get ready for the next one, regardless of the outcome of this specific trade. So my trades now are not based off of wins and losses. They're based off of, hey, did I follow my rules for entry, exits, and targets? Cool. I love that. Uh, some great answers in here, guys. You're probably going to have to rewind this and go back and listen to them very carefully again because we're whipping through them here. Uh, now, the last question before we get into the real, little quick fire round I've got here. So if there was one thing you'd recommend any tra uh, retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Um, from a trading standpoint or psychology standpoint? E either or. Anything you think that is the thing that they should go and master. So trading sure, standpoint. Sure. I'll, or... I'll give you one for both. I'll give you one for both. So I think from a psychology standpoint, just to branch off of what I just said, I think it's important to understand, are you a technical trader that trades a technical system? And if you say you are, I think it's important to realize that a technical system is successful over a series of trades. And so I think when you can truly grasp that concept, it'll really take the, the stress off of you to produce consistent winners. Because for me, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience. Like I said, any loss I took, I took it personal. I took it as it was a knock against my setups. It was a knock against me as a trader. It was a knock against me as a person, my education. And it wasn't, I didn't have the correct mentality. So once I switched my mentality to understanding that a technical system is not supposed to work based off one trade, it's supposed to work off a sample size of trades. So rather than looking at your trading every day and saying, hey, I lost this trade, I suck. I would suggest look at it after a month. Review your style, review your whole, you know, your whole trading system from that month. And then look at yourself and make some adjustments if you need to. So from a psychology standpoint, I think it's just understanding that a technical system is not supposed to expose an edge per trade. It's supposed to be over a series of trades. 
And then when it comes to the technical standpoint, I think the number one thing to understand is the open, high, low, and close of a candlestick. And I think uh, most people call it the OHLC. If you can understand the open, the high, the low, and the close of a candlestick, you can read the story of the market. And I like to tell people that, you know, in my opinion, when you turn on a price chart and look at the screen, it's like reading a story in a book, right? And in order to read that story, you've got to be able to read the words, and the candles are the words. So to read the story of what's taking place on this price chart in front of you, you first have to understand the story of each individual candle. So by understanding price action, I think you can develop to learn the story and then build a case for your analysis. Nice. Brilliant. Great answer. Uh, now, going to jump in some quick fire questions here. Some of them sure. are quick, some of them aren't that quick. I talk fast anyway, so I'll be ready. Yeah. So uh, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? So I've been in the journey now for almost six years and I struggled for two. So I struggled for two years total. And then uh, since then, I've been consistent. So I'd say two years. Favorite entry setup? Favorite entry setup for me would be a counter trend double top at structure. Strategy to exit or manage your trade? So for me, like I said, uh, market structure is the key to my trading plan. So for me, if you can understand where the next level of support is or the next level of resistance is, you should know when to get in and when to get out of the market because that's where you can tell where the selling pressure, where the buying pressures come from. You know, so the price action, the market structure leaves clues of all these things. Uh, recommended trading book or resource? I would say Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Preferred broker and trading platform? I use Awanda as a broker and then TradingView for my uh, for my analysis. Uh, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Oof, there's so many probably to choose from. So many to choose from. I bet the I bet the the, the biggest uh, the worst trade I ever took was it was probably probably a year into my journey when I really start get, started getting into forex. I uh, I was so crazy over leveraged on a position. And uh, I just decided that this was going to be the trade that was going to make me a winner regardless. So I never set a stop loss, never did anything. And I just, I let the trade go for, I think it was almost maybe a month until it finally just this one single trade blew my entire account because I believe that for some reason this was going to be the one to, to make it happen. But ended up blowing my account off one single trade. Jeez. And uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? I think my one piece of advice would be to... Uh, to, to block out all the noise that the Forex industry is portrayed as on social media. It would be to understand what does Forex success look like to you, not to the next person, not to somebody looking onto social media, but look at you know yourself and ask yourself, what do you want the skill set for? What is your why? And then what is it going to take to attain that success? Brilliant. Look, some massive answers in the show, guys. Uh, but before we wrap up, let's uh, hear what you, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you and find out more about what you do and what you know. Yes, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, like like we talked about earlier today, this was my first year going full-time as a trader, so I decided to make an Instagram page to, to kind of document the journey, take some people along with me, show what it looks like to, to be a full-time trader. And so if you want to follow that journey, it is Bish. And uh, if you do choose to follow it, I ask that you just DM me so I can put a, uh, a face to the name if we ever connect. I'd like to at least get to know you. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, guys, we're going to jump on a price chart. And uh, uh, Drew, Drew or Bish, what do you go by, Drew or Bish? Just, uh, really both. Some people call me Drew and most people call me Bish. Either okay. one works. Cool. Um, he's basically going to be on there talking us through what he does on a price chart. So guys, go and check that out after this. Now, look, a big thank you to Drew for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Drew or Bish in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there we have it, folks. Interview with Drew Bishop done and dusted. Now, if you do want to check out the 
cool little video we shot after the show where you actually learn, you learn how to basically find your stop loss and take profit levels the easiest way. Like, so the video is going to be about three and a half minutes. You're going to, it's going to help you find your stop loss and take profit levels. So probably the easiest way to do it. All right, guys, go and check that out on the Trading Nut show notes page, which I mentioned before, uh, or you can go and see it on the YouTube channel. Do be sure to subscribe there and subscribe on the podcast as well. All right, folks, until next time, have a great trading week and I'll see you in the markets.